did you receive, I have a handout. Uh, if you did not receive one, I've got one in my hand that is extra. You guys you didn't get one? Are there any more of those handouts? Raise your hand if you didn't get one and Kyle will give you one. <clears throat> Most of it is to take with you. I'm not gonna go through that, really. There's a chart on uh, one side. I'm not gonna go through that chart. It's to, no, not those handouts. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, last week, we were in the park, and uh, we had a, an outdoor service. Um, it was an opportunity to talk about God's love and grace. We've been in the book of Galatians for uh, about a month, and Galatians is a beautiful book full of many uh, analogies, comparisons, and uh, on one side of the handout, you see a chart. Uh, on the other side, a little free verse poem uh, that I wrote to pull out some of the images of comparison. So um, I know when you give somebody a handout, they want to look at it and they want to, you know, understand it. And uh, please don't right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just, just, just be with me for a few minutes. And uh, when, when we want to look at that, we can later. Look. Do you know that we were born slaves? Did you know that? Did you know that we were born orphans? Did you know that? Now, not everybody had loving and godly parents. In fact, we live in a culture and we live in a world where most probably do not grow up in a, in a home where the love of God is is constantly washing and the forgiveness of God is experienced and the discipline of God is, is welcomed. We live in a world that desperately needs to know these aspects of love because we were all born with something missing inside. And that thing that was missing is that sense of identity as sons and daughters of God. Because Adam and Eve turned away from God and went their own way. Adam and Eve passed on to all generations this sense of alienation from God. And through the whole Old Testament, we read how people were continually falling back into that pattern of anger and violence, starting with Cain when he killed his brother Abel out of jealousy. Because God smiled on Abel's offering, but did not accept Cain's offering. Now, the reason he didn't accept Cain's offering is because Cain was operating out of that spirit of rejection or alienation or a separation from God. And he was, he was trying to do right on his own, earning God's love and favor. And if you've tried to do that, you've found out that doesn't work. It goes through the whole Old Testament. We see people who meant well, who were trying to do good, but they fell short of God's glory because they were relying on themselves and their self-effort. Now, maybe you have felt that way sometimes. I have. The thing that drives us at times to try to earn our identity and our place is, again, the fact that we were born as slaves to something that we did not ask for, we did not seek, we did not desire. 
that fallen nature, that sin nature, that is, it, it is bent toward the other direction than toward the cross of Jesus Christ. It's bent toward my way, what I think I need, what I want to do. And, and as hard as we may try in our own effort to get away from that or to overcome it, we find frustration and guilt and failure time and time again hitting the wall because the only way to be reconciled with God is to receive his gift of grace. In God's love and mercy throughout the Old Testament, he has given and shown his grace. It starts in Genesis chapter 6 where it says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Now we know that Noah built the ark. We know that Noah stood against the whole civilization at that time, mocking and making fun of him. And he was only able to save his family. But he was only able to do what he did by the what? Help me out. By the grace of God. We could go to Abraham. Now that was, by the way, that was probably in 2,300 years before Christ. We could go to Abraham. Hundreds of years, um, Abraham in, Genesis, in uh, Galatians 3.17, we read that grace preceded the giving of the law through Moses. The law came into existence 430 years later after Abraham found grace in the eyes of God. How did he find grace? Because he... Anybody want to take a guess? He trusted God. He believed God. He obeyed God. Out of his trust, he had hope in God. And we said last week that God has been present through the whole Old Testament, loving the people that he called to himself, the people of Israel. Anthony, can I, can I take your hand for a minute? <laughs> Would you walk with me? No? Okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. God was present through the whole Old Testament, taking us by the hand, taking the children of Israel by the hand, and leading them to himself. It's called the law. The law was there to lead us to him. And sometimes we res they resisted and rebelled against. They didn't trust God. But God was gently leading them, correcting them, confronting them, chastising them in his mercy because grace was always present. Do you know that when you are being disciplined, it's because you are loved? Do you know that when you experience that time of hitting the wall and, and have to bow and break and bend before the cross of Jesus Christ and say, oh God, have mercy on me. I've sinned. And you feel that, that heaviness, that guilt, that shame sometimes. That is a gift to you of God's grace to turn to him and say, Jesus, you died to take away this sin. You came and bore my failure. Forgive me and help me. Grace preceded the law. Grace was present from the foundation of the world because Jesus is the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. 
Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray today that you will open our hearts and minds to a new level of the spirit of sonship that is ours in Jesus Christ. That you will strengthen, magnify, increase our awareness of the witness of the Holy Spirit within us that we are your child and that we are heirs of the promise, heirs of the grace that you gave Moses, heirs of the promise you gave Abraham, I'm sorry, the grace you gave Noah, heirs of the promise you gave Abraham, heirs of the strength and courage you gave Moses to lead, heirs of all your goodness through Jesus Christ. And I pray you'll wash us and heal us of the spirit of being an orphan and being a slave. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you would, take that chart. There's a scripture. Take that piece of paper. There's a scripture I want us to read. It's Ephesians chapter 1. It's the first verses. Did you find that? It's on the back. It says Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 6. Or you can look it up in your own Bibles. Would you read that with me? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Holy, without blame, before him in love, having predestined us to adoption according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Paul had a knack for using many words to say something. So we can take his many words and we can reword it. And right below, I said, we could reword this and personalize Ephesians chapter 1 and some verses from Galatians into a prayer and confession of faith. Now, I got this idea from the movie I told you about last week. What's the name of the movie? Overcomer? Has anybody seen the movie Overcomer? Yeah, isn't it great? Oh my. Oh my goodness, my wife and I just cried halfway, you know, half the time. It is so inspiring. Yeah, you've seen it. Good. Yeah. So the, the, the girl came out and she, she uh, um, wrote down who she was, who her identity was in God. And it was all about the grace that God had given her to change her life. So would you read that? I am blessed. Ready? Read it with a little bit of strength and conviction like Andy said. Go ahead. I am blessed by Father God through His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. I am chosen before the world was made. He makes me holy and blameless. I am loved, adopted as his child, giving God pleasure. I bring him glory by his grace in me. I am accepted in the beloved family of God, the church, and a member in the body of Christ. I am no longer an orphan. Say that again. I am no longer an orphan. I am no longer a slave. Say that again. I am no longer a slave. I am an heir of the promises of God. Amen.
Now, I don't always feel that way. Sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I'm not believing that. I'm not worshiping the God who has done all that. So it helps me when I don't feel it or when I'm judging others who I think aren't acting like, you know, the way they ought to act. Of course, you never do that, do you? You always overlook with patience and long-suffering. You're much better at it than I am. You're also not telling the truth. But anyway, here, here we go. Here we go. I want you to read. We are sojourners, you see, because this is not our home. Here we have trouble. Here we have suffering. Here we have pain. Here we have evil. Here we have violence. Here we have misunderstanding, miscommunication. Here we have ill will. Here we have sickness. Here we have pain. Here we have death. That's this portion. And why do we have that? Because Adam and Eve turned from God. And instead of walking in his grace, they tried to earn their own way. They tried to be like God without God. And so ever since then, we're born in, 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 a, in a condition of being orphans away from God, alienated from God. We have to come to him through Jesus Christ. We're born slaves to this world, slaves to the, 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 the culture. And we have to learn how to become sons and daughters of God which is impossible without his grace and without his spirit. All right, so we are sojourners together. Let's read that. We are sojourners. You see that? Let's, let's sojourn. We're travelers. We're coming to God. Ready? Go. We are sojourners sharing the journey of brokenness, healing, and acceptance together in God's love, making friends, becoming family, Becoming life learners, apprenticing to live the gospel, filled with the Spirit, and sent as servants to change the world in Christ. What I'm trying to give us is some weapons to use as words when we don't feel or believe or <coughs> act or think in line with who God is and us as his sons and daughters in Christ we can come to statements like this that are out of the scripture and we can, we can train our mind to rethink. We can hit the eject button, pull out that video and put this one in. I'm thinking of a, those old VHS tapes <laughs> or a cassette tape. So we, DVD. Hit the, hit the eject button. Take out that DVD that replays to you, oh, I'm a failure. Oh, I'm terrible. Nobody loves me. That's an orphan spirit. That's a slave to this world. That's a lie. That's not true. Sure, you've messed up. You have messed up. So have I. You were born messed up. That's the point. That's what sinners do. That's their job, to sin. Why does that surprise us? Why would you be surprised when someone sins? That's what they were born to do. But we are born again. Amen. And it changes the motivation of our heart because by his spirit, he begins to write the law in our hearts. All right, here on earth. So uh, who am I? I wrote this little poem. These pictures are mostly out of the book of Galatians, chapter three and four. 
From who am I? From slave to son or daughter. From orphan to adopted by the father. From child to mature as an heir of his promises. From Hagar. Look at me. I'm stop this for just a moment. When you read Galatians 4, you read about Hagar. You remember the story of Hagar from Genesis. She, uh, Abraham and Sarah had the promise that they were going to have children more than all these lights. You know, he said, look at this, look at the stars, Abraham, and more than the stars, more than you can count are going to be your descendants. But he didn't even have a child. And so Hagar finally said, well, just take, just take my slave. And now that was acceptable in that time period. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't that he was doing something completely evil in the eyes of the culture. It was that he was doing something his own way to try to solve a problem. Of course, you've never done that, have you? So, so Hagar said, take my, make my slave. So, uh, what? Oh, Sarah, thank you. Sarah said, take my slave whose name was Hagar. So Abraham has relations with Hagar. They have a son named Ishmael. And Ishmael, as you probably are aware, is the father of the Arab nations, And represents to us a spirit of orphanship, a spirit of jealousy and fighting, of striving for their place. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was bred into them from the foundation, from, the, from Adam and Eve's failure and from Abraham's own going his own way with Hagar. When Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah, there was jealousy and there was division and Ishmael and Hagar had to leave. That abandonment, that rejection, that sense of anger, that loss of place has come down from generation to generation to generation and it sweeps the earth through the Middle East, through North Africa, through Asia, causing violence from person to person because one is of this tribe and one is of that tribe or one is of this ethnic group or one is of this religion. But it all goes back to that, um, in this case, what we're looking at is, I am no longer of Hagar. I am no longer an, an accident, or I'm no longer um, a, an, an orphan cut off and sent away from the promise. Where am I? Oh, from, from Hagar, my attempt at life. Now I am, I am as Sarah, God's ways of life are in me because she was the mother of Isaac. I'm, I'm from law to grace, not trying to earn my way, but grace, God giving me his way. From Sinai, where the law was given to Moses, to Calvary, where Jesus Christ fulfilled the demands of the law on my behalf. From alone to belonging, from being and having no people, to being among my people, from shame to acceptance, from my lack to his sufficiency, from being an accident to fulfilling his pleasure and his purpose, from defeat to overcoming the world, 
from helplessness to hope, from fear to love, from anxiety to faith, and from my own way to his kingdom ways in me. My heart, his home. My house, his dwelling. My head, filled with his mind. I hope that God will strengthen in us a sense of who we are because of his grace and wash us of the effects of that orphan spirit and that slave mentality. It closes there with, I love to be gathered as family in grace and communion. But also, I live to be scattered in service. And daily as I go and as I work in the world, I am never alone. Because capital, I am, is with me. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, we had a little conversation on Wednesday night. Uh, We have small groups that meet on Wednesday night. And our conversation went something like this. I love being together. I love the encouragement, the fellowship, the, the, the strength that we feel when we are here and we're eating together, reading the word, sharing, praying, encouraging one another. It, it washes our soul and it refreshes our spirit, clears our mind. Can you say amen? amen? But then I go out into the world and I have problems maybe with a co-worker where things don't go right at, at work. I feel alone. Maybe I feel betrayed. Sometimes even in my own family I'm betrayed, misunderstood. I'm, I'm, I'm spoken ill of. Or um, I, I do wrong and those mistakes compound. And, and so life can be very tough out there. So I, I want to be able to take with me into where it is difficult, where there's trouble, where there can even be evil. I want to take with me the fact that I'm not an orphan. I'm not a slave. I have an identity. And I can go into the the difficult place. I can go into the place where maybe I'm not understood or where my faith is even um, not respected. I can go in and I can represent Jesus because I am is with me. I am his son. I am his daughter. I am chosen. I am loved. I have purpose. I'm not an accident. I'm here not by the law, by trying to earn my my way, but I'm here by God's grace, by his appointment and for his purpose and in his pleasure. When I begin to think like that, it can help me forgive and overlook and 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 have a have know that I'm here by appointment. I'm in this place with this coworker that is driving me crazy by God's own will. How about that? I have this terrible job that I hate right now. I hope that's not true. (laughs) But I have it by God's appointment. It's not his will that I be miserable. It's his will that I bring his kingdom as his son. I have this promise. What is this promise of new life, of blessing, of his help, of his presence? I bring that with me. On Last weekend, we had a long weekend. We had, most of us didn't have to work on Monday. I didn't have to go to school. Uh, most of you are aware that I teach school. I'm teaching six, uh, five, fifth through eighth grade. I have uh, several choirs. I have one girls' choir that has 50 girls in it that I teach for, 40, for 85 minutes. <laughs> and many of them don't want to be there. I went to the guidance counselors and I said, please, 
please, can you, can you take some of these ladies and put them someplace else? They don't, they don't want to be there. And they said, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. In fact, on Wednesday and Thursday, I got three more. And, and when they come in the door, I say, oh, hello, welcome. Um, what's your name? And I can't understand their name sometimes, so I ask them to write it down. I say, here, would you come to the piano? Would you sing a little bit with me? And the three that came to me, one of them said, oh, I've never been in choir before. I have no idea what this is. Okay, all right. And then the two that came yesterday, uh, on Friday, they could, not, they could not match a pitch. They, they, they could not match a pitch. I'm pretty good at helping somebody match pitch. I said, hum this. Okay, say, ah. Okay, say, ah. Okay, try this. Ah. They couldn't find it. I said, it's okay. It's all right. Just, you can go sit over there. Now, now, Tuesday, I got up in the morning. I was so stressed out. Oh, I'm glad you think it's funny, Dennis. I did not, I actually did not want to be a teacher. No, I was really dealing with this. I said, Lord, I got to do this probably three more years anyways. And I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to go to school today. And I sure don't want to teach that class today. And they came in and you know what? They did exactly what I expected. They were bad. And I didn't like it, and I was unhappy. And I had to call some parents. And I had to send some emails to parents. And Thursday, Thursday, you know, um, actually, I did that after Thursday because I, I thought, well, I'll try and see how it goes Thursday. And it was, it was even worse on Thursday. So Friday, I got to see them again. So I decided, okay, we'll do this differently. So there they are. The 50 come in. They sit down. And so I started in the back of the room. And I said, okay, um, Monica, yeah, okay, Li Linda, um, George, no, um, Fred, uh, but, oh, I'm sorry, this is the girls' choir. You're not in this, you're, you're in there. <laughs> and I, I went down the row, and as, as, when they figured out what I was doing, it started to get quiet in the room. And I went through all three rows, and some of them were confusing because there's Callie, there's Kayla, and there's Kyla. And they all look alike to me. But anyway, uh, so, so I'm, I'm going through the rows. And by the time I get to the front, I look at them and I say, I'm going to say your names. And I started over here. And I went all the way through. Now, I didn't get every single one right. A couple of them had to help me. And bless her heart, I still don't know if it's Ava, Iva, or Eva. But, <laughs> but, but she's very patient. And she corrects me every time. I got to the front. By the time I got to the front saying their names, they were clapping. You know why? Because they felt something from me that they needed. They needed to be known. They needed to, they needed to be accepted. They needed their name to be spoken. They needed to know that I cared about them as an individual. And I looked at them and I said, you're beautiful and you're powerful. And I'm gonna forget your names probably when you come in next week, but you'll help me because because you matter. You're important. Now, they still talked a lot, but we had a gr great rehearsal. We made progress because I'm trying to speak to them identity. Listen, sometimes the best thing we can do, the most spiritual thing we can do 
is to simply accept somebody, learn their name, listen to them, and love them the way a mom or a dad ought to love them. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because they come to us with this orphan spirit, feeling rejecting, rejected, feeling abandoned, feeling misunderstood. And, and it's our job to speak the love of God to them, to let them know you matter. You have a destiny, a purpose. And my job is to help you with that. Now, we needed that when we were growing up. Not everybody got that. My wife and I have had the, the privilege of, of being in some conferences where this, the uh, conference was about ministering to us the Father's love, healing wounds from our fathers. Uh, another one was healing, the, healing mother wounds. We all have these. There's no perfect parents. But these, 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 uh, these conferences and, and, and um, reading books and things have helped us when we, when we are acting like orphans, when we're acting like slaves, to, to okay, wait a minute, let's, let's come back around. Now, the chart, just take a look at the chart. It gives a couple of characteristics. The heart of an orphan or a slave. On the left-hand side, it says they see God as master. On the right-hand side, it says they see God as a loving father. Which do you see? It says independent and self-reliant. Or the heart of a sonship. I'm to be interdependent, acknowledging our need. On the left-hand side, to live by the love of the law. I, re I, I rely on the law to know what's right and who's right and how am I doing. And on the other hand, I live by the law of love. Uh, I'm insecure, I lack peace, or I have a sense of rest and peace. Now, I'm not going to go through the rest of that, but you, you get the idea. I just want to outline some of the ways this manifests in our life, okay? Are you with me? Okay, I'm going to try to wrap, wrap this up here as I, as I talk about some, some characteristics. Now, this could get painful. The orphan spirit is perhaps the greatest curse on earth today. This curse can be reversed, and we can begin to walk in, in the blessing of our Father God through Jesus Christ, but we must be healed of this fatherlessness through the love of God. That orphan spirit has to be broken and exchanged for the spirit of sonship. The Bible says that all creation is presently crying out. It literally says groaning for the manifestation of the mature sons of God. The orphan spirit operates out of insecurity and jealousy instead of acceptance. That's just one of the, one of the examples, but it's a, it's a big one. I am striving for my place. Um, when we operate under the orphan spirit, we're easily offended. We have difficulty submitting to authority. We have difficulty turning our center toward others in a free and loving spirit. This is often also manifested in the spirit of a, of a slave rather than a son. By this, I mean someone who has, has been born again, 
has even gotten involved in serving others, uh, committed to others' welfare, perhaps in the church or in some community organization. They try to serve and support leadership. They work hard. They try to do what is right. Unfortunately, until they really become aware of the complete and unconditional love of their Father God in Jesus Christ, they can very easily find themselves like the elder brother in the parable Jesus told. In other words, they don't know they're an heir in Christ of all of the promises of God their Father. And this is manifested oftentimes in difficulty relating to leadership. It's not that they're trying, it's not that, it isn't because they're not trying hard or not serving or not working. They're not lazy, they're not rebellious, they're not bad people. It's simply that they are incomplete in the love of God. Therefore, they find themselves oftentimes reacting to the weaknesses and failures in their natural family, in leadership. Again, we don't find fault with these people. We are these people. Until we are overwhelmed with a spirit of sonship and acceptance and love as an heir to God's promises, we have and experience these struggles. In fact, within the church, these people are often taken advantage of because they are willing servants. And so leaders, it's a, temp, it's a, a weakness in us leaders sometimes because we overwork these people. We, we use them to achieve our own success because sometimes we're operating out of an orphan spirit. And so people feel used. They feel taken advantage of. They feel misunderstood. They feel like their voice doesn't matter. They're troubled by a spirit of rejection or comparison or even jealousy. They lack trust. It's not that they don't like people or like their leaders. It's simply they don't have the spirit of the Father overcoming the negative reactions. And, and they probably have hurts accumulated at least misunderstandings that contribute to a kind of defensiveness or withdrawal at times, aloofness or even anger at how they feel because of the way they feel they've been treated. Again, often they've been treated wrongly and often it's because leaders themselves are operating from a spirit of slavery or of an orphan spirit trying to succeed and accomplish on their, on their good works. Now, if you can relate to any of that, I pray for you today. I pray that you'll have God's grace to forgive anyone who has hurt you, anyone who you feel has not listened to you, understood you, or has tried to use you. That God will give you grace to forgive them. And he'll reveal in you a deeper sense of his unconditional love for you as your father. And it will translate into a deeper grace and intimacy and friendship, the ability to trust and, 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 and be, feel accepted and accept others. Overlook their weaknesses and failures while continuing to serve and work together for their success and good. This is the love of God in us. Now, I want to talk about one other. On the other hand, there are many people who just don't care. They are wounded. They're, they're, they're bent in upon themselves, perhaps with guilt, a sense of abandonment or rejection. They're simply not motivated to try to fit in or serve. It's very difficult for them to make commitments. And uh, sorry, I lost my too many pages. The um, 
this, this person has a very hard time making commitments, I just said. It's because um, when, when you approach them and you say, hey, could you, could you come and help us set up? Could you get donuts? Could you work in the nursery? Could you serve? And, and there's something inside that, that doesn't leap up and say, yeah, I want to do that. Because something is shut down inside them. And they don't feel like, yeah, I know the joy of giving. I know the joy of living for others. I know the joy of sacrifice. I know the joy of tithing. I know God's blessing. I trust him and I believe him. But they haven't experienced that. And so things are, are kind of closed. And, they're, and it's hard. Now, again, we are these people. I'm not talking about somebody out there. The church is full of broken people. We are sojourners. We are broken people moving toward healing. We are orphans who are becoming adopted as sons. We are former slaves who are receiving the spirit of sonship and the promise of the Father. And I pray for you this morning. If you can identify with that, withdrawal. I don't care. I don't trust. I can't get involved. i got to protect myself. I'll get hurt. If, if you can identify with that, I pray that God will give you a sense of bonding, of belonging, that he'll heal something in here. And in here. And where you've been hurt, you'll forgive. And where you've hurt others, you can accept that. And you can take responsibility. And you can say, I've, I didn't respond to you right. I judged you. I held something, I held an offense against you. Or I picked up somebody else's offense towards you. When the church moves closer and closer to sonship. And more into the promise of God's life by the Holy Spirit. The light of God will not be limited to a candle in a room. But your light will shine. I came in here on Wednesday night, and Jan's daughter was sitting over here, Sarah, right? And I walked up to her. I said, hey, how you doing, Sarah? And I'm looking in her eyes. I said, okay, you're studying to be a nurse. That's great. I can just see that in you, and you love kids. There was such a glow in her eyes. It was brighter than these candles. It's the love of God shining through her. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to care for neonatal uh, children in difficulty. And the fire of God was burning in her. That's the spirit of the Father. That's the spirit of sonship. Instead of the brokenness and the woundedness and the bentness and the aloofness, that there's ability to give. Because in giving we receive. Amen? That's my prayer for us. We'll be that church that is the sons and daughters of God. Not under the law, but under grace. Loving each other. Journeying together. Sojourning. Always through the cross of Christ and the spirit of Christ. Let's pray.
Lord, I ask on behalf of leaders, Lord, where we have failed out of our own self-effort, Lord, and have hurt or used or misunderstood or judged people that we were responsible to shepherd, I ask your forgiveness for us. And I ask, oh God, your grace in those to forgive us. Lord, I pray for a spirit of sonship to replace the orphan spirit. I pray for a spirit of sonship to replace the, the spirit of slavery. And I have to do this. I should do this. And I pray, oh God, that your love will wash and heal the wounds. Give us your spirit. Create in us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within us that Jesus will be the light in us and he'll push out the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen.